Good morning. Welcome to Local Matters. This has been Rogers. This episode, we're going to do the 2022 year interview. We're going to hear from pre- a guest I've had previously this year and all the good things going on and some updates from all those guests. And we're going to start this morning with an update at the beginning of the year, and it's still current, uh, with Sheriff Eddie Ferris. He came in to discuss the new Putnam County Jail Edition, and currently that jail edition is still moving on, and he gives us how that is going to progress throughout the next year and a half. Building a jail. Uh, what kind of update you got for the jail? So that is going very good. You know, back several months ago, the commission, you, uh, uh, that y'all voted to appropriate the money to do so. So we're, uh, those of you who don't know that, we're about to build a three-story, almost 500 bed capacity plus add-on to what we have now. So it'll be a separate building, but it'll be connected in the lower parking lot to uh, what we have now, which will certainly help us out keeping it on site. Most people know this, but we have elevators and tunnels in our uh, uh, justice center there from our jail that that goes underground, that goes over to the courtroom area, and the elevator takes them right up to the holding cell. So we have a very secure facility right now, and you know that's much better than having to transport and get them in and out and move them around. That that becomes a a whole other issue. So. Real glad it's being built where it's being built, and we're looking forward to it. We do have an ending date and a completion date on that. I certainly hope they can hold to that of September of 2023. So that's what we're looking at. You know, before COVID, pre-COVID, we were 470-some-odd inmates in a 252-bed facility. And so, and that's been going on for a lot of years, and that's what prompted and Certainly, commission had some foresight and seen that that was a need, and it's been a need for a while. And so, uh, glad to get that done, and be certainly glad when that gets built and we're able to get that operational, and look forward to doing so. But that'll that should take us several several years down the road here in Putnam County. All right, you heard from Sheriff Eddie Ferris and how that project is is scheduled and how that's going to go for the next year and a half, two years. And currently, it is going forward, and they are doing construction in the parking lot right beside. The the current jail facility there in downtown Cookville. Now we're going to hear from Mr. Corby King and Miss Christy Brown. Corby King is the uh, director of schools in Putnam County, and Miss Christy Brown is the director of schools in Jackson County. And they came in to talk about the new education funding model that the legislature has passed and will take effect uh, this next fiscal year, will be f- uh, fiscal year 23 and 24. And they talk about how that affects smaller counties and bigger counties. We're trying to just grasp what's in the legislation about changing a funding model that's been in existence for 30 years, right? Yes. BP's been around for 30 years. And they use the Fox model to calculate that pretty much, and nobody understands that model? Is that how, I mean, because nobody, everybody I've talked to can never put... So I, I think the, what's hard to understand is the, when you talk about people don't understand the BP, it's such a complicated formula. It's how we receive funding, the formula that, that sends money from the state to the local districts. That's complicated and hard to understand. I think at the local level, we all do a pretty good job of talking about how we use the fund. We're hearing a lot about transparency in this new formula and that we want to be transparent with our communities and our folks, how the funds are being spent. I feel like in Putnam County, and I know Christy, I think, feels the same way in Jackson and our, our other peers, we do a pretty good job explaining to our local funding bodies where we're spending our money. Sure. And we, we, we present to our county commission and others when we're asking for local funding. So I think the misunderstanding is that piece from the state to the districts, yeah. how that money is calculated. I'm glad you said that. So the, I was in a meeting earlier this week in Nashville with, uh, of course, the governor came and spoke. 
Lieutenant Governor McNally came, Speaker Sexton came, and then the Commissioner of Education, Commissioner Schwinn, was there as well. And they all spoke on this model. And the one thing they said was transparency, just what you said, because I think they're telling everybody the same thing. They are, man. That's what we keep hearing. And, and that's you know a little bit frustrating for a director, just because I feel like we are transparent with our communities. Yeah, uh, we're, we're saying this is the money we have. This is where we're right. We don't want to imply that we're yeah. not somehow being transparent. I, I think that, that we all the yes. directors do a good job. I mean, coming to the county commission and, and saying those things that this is how we're spending our money. This is all we have. Have, and this is what we're spending it on. Yeah, and as a county commissioner in Putnam County, I feel like I've always been transparent since I've been in office. I work with Jackson County. I feel like your commission, and when I'm there at budget committee meetings and commission meetings, that you're transparent. I think the the state is basically saying we're not transparent enough to the districts. <laughs> yes. We can't tell you how you're getting your funding. We can't tell you what it, where it comes from. So we want to change it. Now mm-hmm. I'll say this, and I really want y'all to add to to the conversation because you're the experts in, in court. Well, I don't think anybody's an expert right now, but you know more about than I do. What the governor said to us was a $1 billion, with a B, yes. as in boy, $1 billion investment. So this is new money that they're putting into education. Recurring. 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 New, yes. yeah, thank you. New recurring money putting into local education, so local school districts, uh, not state universities. We're not we're not talking about that. $1 billion. There's also $500 million investment in CTE, career and technical education. I want to focus right now on the $1 billion for the new plan. This is what caught my attention. And if, if you've heard different, make sure I, I, I correct myself. But the governor said it's funding for the student, not funding for the system. American Rescue Plan was a big topic of discussion 2022. This is funding coming through the COVID pandemic through the federal government. And I had several guests on throughout the year to talk about their plans with ARP money. Four of those guests were on at the same time, and that would be White County Executive Denny Wayne Robinson, Smith County Mayor Jeff Mason, Cumming County Mayor Alan Foster, and Jackson County Mayor Randy Hetty. They came in to talk about what they were using the funding for in their counties and which projects they were going to spend the American Rescue Plan funds on and how that process works, including the water projects and infrastructure. Talked about one of your projects going on. We didn't get to ARP money. How is the ARP situation going in White County? Well, the ARP money is a is, is a curse and a blessing all at the same time. But we're leveraging a lot of this money uh, to pull down other monies. And we talked about the landfill and brief, but we're also leveraging some money for uh, our water infrastructure, water uh, for our utility districts and stuff. You know, our, our system is old. It's archaic. Some of them's 50, 60 years old. Some places have a uh, water loss uh, from the time you produce the water to the time it reaches a tap of over half that water comes up missing somewhere. We're going to uh, pull into the MSA RP money to try and, and help fix that problem. Are you putting smoke in the lines to see? Or are you putting cameras? How, how are y'all doing that to find the leaks? Uh, leaving that particularly up to the uh, utility okay. district. Uh, but they they have a pretty good idea. from the, They have uh, meters along the way. So they know a lot of places where this at. Now, they may have to smoke it in between meters to find out exactly where it is. Uh, what uh, what other stuff are y'all doing with ARP money? Or have you already done what you wanted to do? With your- well, we're doing some... Uh, Money for the employees, some, right. some bonuses and stuff like that. Of course, the the funding for the uh, the actually the landfill will be the biggest part of it. So did y'all, did y'all vote commission? That was was that last week the commission voted about the employees or the week before? I no, can't. that was this past, the last Monday. Last Monday, yeah. did it go through? Uh, it has passed. Yes. Okay. Yes. I know. I know. We were we all actually county government day. We're talking about where everybody was at on that, and not everybody's done anything, have they, Randy? I mean, not everybody's done anything for the employees. So <laughs> sorry, Randy. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Uh, but so Jeff, what about you? What about the projects? Uh, uh, projects just 
kind of the same way it was always something going on to landfill. Uh, we did the bid proposals for broadband and fiber internet in Smith County, and then we awarded DTC Communications. Uh, we're going to we're going to match. We're going to pr- pr- give them five hundred sixty thousand dollars towards either a gr- either their ma- their grant that they get through the state, or they are willing to go ahead and use their own cash and ours and finish. So we like oh, just good. a little sliver, mm-hmm. and we will be fiber all across the county, which is a long way from where we were four years ago. Awesome. that's fantastic. That yes, yeah. and think I mean I've got some. I mean you guys. I, you deal with Twin Lakes is great. North Central, DTC. I've got three great broadband providers. Jackson County, what's going on in Jackson County? We got. I mean, there's a whole lot going on from uh, ARP money, you know, to waterline projects. Uh, we are trying to get our uh, building designed when we bought with ARPA funds to move our elections and county clerk out. So signed a contract with the architectural engineer. So that'll be done hopefully here shortly. Uh, I know we've begun that process. Uh, landed, uh, finally got to sign the Tennessee Department of Ag Grant. So they awarded us an ag grant to redo the fairgrounds, a 50-50 match. Uh, been working on that for a year. So that's 75000 What are y'all doing on your fairgrounds? Yeah. I'm, I'm upgrading, like uh, fixing the roof, putting new lights in it, LEDs. The lights has been in there since the 70s. Um, it doesn't have heat and air. It has two window units and two fire places. So I'm going to put central heat and air in it. Uh, also, uh, going to do a paint job on the outside. ADA. So back then, ADA wasn't important. It doesn't have an ADA bathroom on the inside. So we're going to put an ADA bathroom on the inside and then fix the bathrooms on the outside and sidewalks. I've gotten a little grief. Why do we need sidewalks? Well, if you're going to be ADA compliant, you're going to have a wheelchair. They're rolling in mud right now. So, or, you know what I'm saying, gravels mm-hmm. and dirt and grass. So we're going to put some sidewalks in for that. So that kind of thing. Don't fix do the little ramps. Do the little dip in the. Little dip. Yeah, you got to do the dip in the concrete now. You used to do the ramp, but. So we're going, going to be doing that. Really? We're going to fix our barn. We've got a barn, you know, like most fairgrounds. Need yeah. to, it needs some upgrade and stuff like that. Hopefully we can do a little more. I'd like to fix my horse arena. Providers. So, um, Alan, you come from an IT background, and broadband has been one of your – you sat on a panel. Yep. Uh, yep. You, was that the mayor's conference you sat on the panel? Memphis. Oh, that's TCSA's yeah. uh, fall yeah. conference. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, you sat on the you panel. How, how is it coming County? You you have a need for broadband. We right? have a horrible problem in, in – in Cumberland County, our uh, LEC has not done their job in Cumberland County. We've got 681 square miles of county, and it's a broadband oasis. But since the last few years, I've been working on this problem, and we've gotten over $20.5 million going towards funding of broadband in the county. It's all fiber, and uh, we've won. There's somewhere over 9,000 households that are going to get broadband or in the process already. We're looking for a bigger grant, hopefully. We've got several providers that are in Cumberland County. Uh, Twin Lakes work, works with Volunteer Electric, and we've got uh, Ben Loman, who's over a huge portion, Comcast, uh, Chart or Spectrum mm-hmm. uh, as well, and uh, Bledsoe Telephone. So they're all trying to get grants. And what we decided to do was to uh, offer a match to anybody that was awarded an ECD broadband grant. So we're going to match any of that up to a cumulative of $3 million. So, okay. Um, and we're also doing some water with our ARP. Yes. But Quite a bit. W- when you ran for mayor this last time, wasn't that one of your platforms about broadband? Actually, it was one of the things. I, I, I was, you know, I lived in my little area. I thought, you know, hey, maybe it's just my problem. But when I got out on the road all across the county, that was the number one issue I heard about. 
And you're doing something about it. Yeah, he we, is. We're moving it. It's moving. Uh, we, need, we need some help, a couple more big grants, and we'll, we'll be to where the end is in sight. And hopefully the state will help us out on that one this time around. We've got some really good companies. The Ben Loman is great. You mentioned mm-hmm. it. They're in a large portion of ours. And if you are in a Ben Loman area, you're in a gig area in Cumberland County, mm-hmm. too. And they're expanding all across the county now. They're, they've been a great partner, but others are as well. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. This has been Rogers. Downtown Kuvel, uh received a new place to go and, and learn about tourism and also shop for local uh, retail uh, in the downtown area and throughout the Upper Cumberland. Uh, and it's the new visitor's shop. And the, the visitor shop is uh, a part of the Putnam County Kuvel Chamber of Commerce. And Miss Amy New was on to talk about how that visitor shop come about and what that visitor shop is doing and, and what you can do and uh, and what you can buy when you go there and what you can learn about all the attractions in the Upper Cumberland. Uh, and we're here for Miss Amy New. So the retail shop, um, to me, is one of the bright spots of downtown. It is. And so tell us about the idea and the passion about doing a retail shop for people coming to visit and people that live here, because you and I both know yeah. we spent our share of money. Yes, we have. We actually, yeah, we have a, an internal competition. And with uh, we have to say, and with Kathy Dunn, yes. it's like yep. it's, it's between the three Kathy's of us on who supporter. has shopped the most in there. Yep. Um, and this is not a commercial for no. Kathy. No, it's not. <laughs> She'll laugh about she that. Will. Um, but yes, so uh, the visitor shop, it was really triggered around how do we not only just building some excitement for our community and people to, you know, wear our brand outside because we, you know, people from Cookville are going all over too. And so wearing that brand everywhere, but also having somewhere to go to get information about the the region. We have everything in there from Cummins Falls, Rock Island to uh, Rich Frowning, um, all the downtown shops. So you can come in, you can get information. You can also buy souvenirs that are either Cookville, Monterey, Baxter, all good, Putnam County. Um, also, we have lots of new state of Tennessee stuff. We have everything from like dish towels to beautiful pillows, jewelry. I mean, they're just, it's memoirs and stuff that you mm-hmm. take with you forever. It's kind of, I just, I love it. Yeah. But you can buy pretty much anything in there. You can. And <laughs> when you walk in, you're like, oh, wow, they've really, they really know how to market yes. to people. Because again, there are people that lived here all their lives that's going in there and buying stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are visiting that's going in and buying something related to Tennessee, maybe something to cool. You, we don't really, but what kind of people are you seeing come in there? Oh my, it's all backgrounds it's visitors who are coming in who want to get uh, brochures 
because that is something we market a lot as it's a welcome center that you can come in, you can get information about things to do in the community. So when they're there, they're buying souvenirs. We have a lot of people in which you know this better than anyone because of just restructuring of districts and the population (laughs) change. We have so many people moving here. We have people who are coming to look at the house that they just bought online a couple months before, and they want to fill their closet full of things that make them feel like they belong to this community. And so we're seeing a lot of that. And then we have people that have been here their entire life, like you said, and they want to rep the Cookville brand. And we have Tennessee Tech stuff. Yeah. Oh, we have, yeah, we have some tech stuff in there. We have, uh, we actually are now selling Rich Frowning, the Frowning Farms beef jerky. And um, we have just, we have all kinds of stuff. This year, Putnam County employees had the opportunity to uh, to get raises, uh, big raises for the first time in many years. They, they normally get a step raise every year, $600 for non-public safety and $1,000 for public safety. And Putnam County, as is all counties in the Upper Cumberland, are losing employees, especially emergency services, uh, going places uh, that may be getting paid more. And the county commission this year decided to fund some raises and, and decided to use sales tax money to fund those raises because it's recurring cost. Randy Porter was on, and he and I talked about how those raises would be funded and what that looked like going forward in the fiscal year 22-23 for Putnam County. And hopefully uh, with that decision would retain and recruit more employees to work for Putnam County. And this you'll hear from Randy Porter. So we talked about the proposed raises. As you mentioned, there are other things in the budget some of that stuff is is no longer in there just so we could f- try to fund this without a property tax increase so mayor what was our funding solution for three thousand uh, dollar ray additional raise for non-public safety and a five thousand dollar additional raise for public safety what was our funding solution well it all came down to what was our best revenue source that we've had in the past year and that's sales tax uh most of the sales tax of course half of it goes to schools and and but when it comes in the biggest portion of it then goes to debt service to fund our debt to pay for our debt uh where we've done all of our capital projects uh the county has done a tremendous amount of capital projects and and repairing roofs for our buildings and buying new fire trucks and all kinds of capital projects that we paid cash for. We didn't borrow any money, and that was because of sales tax doing so well. So you and I looked at it, and and we figured that sales tax has been doing really good the past year. Uh, we're, we're a retail hub. Uh, Putnam County is for the Upper Cumberland. A lot of folks come here to shop, and we're appreciative of that, very appreciative. And so our sales tax has been going up, so we felt like we had the room to move some of those sales tax revenue over into County General where most of our expenditures are for most of our departments and offices. So we worked out a plan to move a couple million of that from sales tax revenue and then a couple million from excess sales tax revenue we had the past year and moved it into County General, able to – get close to balancing the budget uh, and be able to do all that without a tax increase, and which was the one thing we didn't want to do for the county with inflation like it is. Well, you just heard from Putnam County Mayor and how the county commission approved raises for um, the Putnam County employees. Uh, now you're going to hear from newly elected city mayor of Cookville, Miss Lauren Wheaton, uh, she came in to talk about her plans uh, over the next four years and, and what the she would like to see the city council work on uh, right off the bat when her start and going forward the next four years. This is Miss Lauren Wheaton, the mayor of Cookville. What are some of the first things you want to start working on with the council and with those departments uh, for the city of Cookville? I think that's important you said with the council because one of the first things I'm going to make sure to do is let you know this newly council newly elected council know we're all 
we're all in the same we're all in the same seat. We all sit at the table. We're all on the same level. No one sits above anybody. I may have the title of mayor, but that does not make me any more important than anyone else. And I do want to make sure that they know everything that we do. It, it takes five votes. It is never I may bring a, I may bring something to the table, but we're all going to have to vote on it. So it's always going to be what the council as a team did. I really want to bring that team mentality back to the city council. Not that it wasn't there before, but that's just one of my priorities is to make sure that everyone knows we we all You know, at the end of the council meeting, we all push one button, we all get one vote. So that's something I do want to to emphasize with this new group. And I think that's going to go over fine because I think we're all ready to work together as a team. And we understand that that's how things get done. So that's one thing. Well, that was Miss Lauren Wheaton, the newly elected mayor of the city of Kuval, uh, got elected in August. And so now we're going to hear from the new vice mayor who was also elected in August and his first term sitting on the council for the city of Kuval, Mr. Luke Eldridge. Mr. Eldridge came in and he talked uh, discussed a lot about people without homes and those, uh, how that's affecting this community and how they are affected and what, uh, his background is and talking about how we can help those people without homes. And that's Mr. Luke Eldridge. What do you have an idea what our homeless population is roughly? Yeah. So I was actually talking with one of the police officers the other day. He was asking me, it, it all breaks down how you want to look at it. So if you look at it unsheltered, there's, um, I, I follow a certain group that goes out and feeds them. Um, and they do a great job at feeding them cause they need food and I'm all for that. And they feed about 50 or so unsheltered. So that's unsheltered. And I get I get 15 phone calls a day at least um, for people who are either homeless or at risk of being homeless. But then we got the school system will say there's 300 or plus more that are homeless mm-hmm. and they look at a different thing. And then the mission always is normally full and they have people and, you know, I, I can't recall how many they can actually hold. But I'm going to say it, it's well over. You know, I'm sure there's 30 to 40 individuals that are there right. at any given time. They'll tell you nationally you need to look at it and times it by three. So whatever you got, I'm going to say if we had to pick a number, we're going to be probably 150, we would say, that are officially homeless. And that's coming from school system, who's at the motels. You got people living in, who've been living in these motels for years. Well, to me, there's, I understand they have a roof over their head, but you paying $1,600 for a motel a month, right, right. You're, you're in, you're in a cycle. And if you lose your job, I mean, you're not paying that. So, right. and I get that a lot. I just had an individual come to me. He's had a big issue. So he needs to pay his uh, motel this upcoming week. And, um, he doesn't have it, but he can have it when his check comes in. It's just, he fell into a hard spot, but we're also not just paying We're not going to pay for that. We're also, oh, I've got an individual going to help me with that. Cause we can't pay the motels where I work. We've set him up with some housing options, and hopefully we get him out of that scenario. Welcome back to Local Matters. This is Ben Rogers. Getting back to county government and those people that serve in those roles, I had on Miss Peggy Smith, the Overton County trustee, and she came in to discuss about the role of a county trustee and what they do for county government and the services they provide. So, you know, you've been in service. You love it. You have a passion for it, and I love having people on that have passion for public service. You talked about the ways you help people, which really doesn't fall under your statutory duties as trustee, mm-hmm. but you still do that. So let's talk about your statutory duties as a trustee, because you're the only trustee I've ever had on the show. Um, <clears throat> and I wanted to have one of the best on, because you've been there Oh, you're being too kind well, to me. Well, thank it's you. the truth. <laughs> but no offense to anybody else that's listening to our trustees, but you know Miss Peggy. If you know Miss Peggy, you know she's a rock star. So what are the tr- duties of the county trustee? Well, you know, the primary thing is the treasurer, which I'm going to give you the country slang. We're the bank mm-hmm. for the county. Yep. All monies that comes into 
Overton County comes through the trustee's office. And a lot of people don't realize that because they think that you just pay your property taxes there and that's all you do. But no, I'm the finance officer. I'm the chief banker for the county. Every penny school, everything runs through me. Uh, of course, our number one priority is to collect property taxes. And we start collecting taxes from October the 1st through February the 28th. This is tax season to pay without any interest being applied. Taxes stay in my office about two years. After two years, then they're turned over to the clerk and master's office where she tries to collect them then, and then they go, then she does her procedures with that. Um, We have, um, of course, I don't want to get too far out to confuse people, but, you know, we, we, we prepare a trustee's report at the end of the month that goes to the schools and to our, or to our budget directors for the school and for the county. Uh, we work real closely with Connie for the county, and we work with Crystal at the school. Well, I work with all the girls at the school, and they're a great bunch to work with. I cannot say one bad thing about nobody because I have worked with the best, even at the Board of Education. Everybody that I have worked with has always been great. I've always tried to strive hard to get along and because things go better when you work together. If you don't work together, you're just a, you're beating against the wall. Absolutely. You've got to do it as a team, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's what helps us run as smooth as we do and, and get as good audits as we do because we stay on top of everything, make sure everything is put where it needs to go. And the main thing is get the money to the bank. That's my number one goal. As long as the money gets to the bank, the rest will work itself out. You have, of course, by law, every fee office, <clears throat> every office that collects money in, in county government has three days to take that yes, deposit. Yes, every three days you got to make a deposit. You're going to the bank all the time because of so much yes, money that's coming yes. through. And, and I go every day during tax season, every you day. Ha- yeah, you, ha- and every you really day. want to. I every mean, day. You don't want all that money piling up and you no. keep it overnight no. and risk, no, 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 risk no, 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 no. for theft. No. Why worry me today? If Lord exactly. no, I want yeah. it. I want it in the bank. When I know it's in the bank, I know it's it's there, and, and I don't have to worry about it. And what some people don't realize is those other fee offices, like the county clerk and register deeds and the clerks of court, which is the circuit court clerk, clerk and master. All the reports comes to me. They do, and yes. they write you a check yes. at the end of the month yes. to turn over their fees to you. Yes, sheriff's department. Sheriff's department mm-hmm. does the same thing. You And you said it. You are the county banker for mm-hmm. everybody's schools, highway, all the, all the departments, all the elected officials. Um, <clears throat> and that's a big task. It's a big responsibility. But you're natural at it. Well, I mean... You know, I started the old way. I come up the paper way. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I had a big cash journal laid out. Your Uncle Bill used to help me with all the time. It yep. laid out a mile wide, you know. And uh, I think that helps, too, because, you know, I started out the old way. And then as everything progressed, we went to computers. And now all the accounting, taxis, everything's on the computer, and in which it works great. It's, it's really good. But uh, I just – and I love doing – Accounting. I love working with numbers. I love, I, yeah. just, I enjoy that. State Representative Kelly Keesling came by to discuss several things. And one of the things he brought up and mentioned was the state, uh, how the state handles salaries for state representatives and state senators. And then there's misnomer out there maybe that they make a lot of money. And State Representative Kelly Keesling let us know how that structure actually exists in state government. And now you'll hear from State Rep. Kelly Keesling and how they get paid as state representatives and state senators. One thing I like, uh, Kelly, about you is you're, you're very transparent. You don't have anything to hide, and, and you like to inform people, and I like that. And so a lot of people, some of the some people may, I don't know how many, but some people may not understand the work uh, state representatives and senators do, but the, they think they may have a misunderstanding that uh, you're getting – Rich, you're you're a millionaire for being a state representative. Can you disclose what the salary is for a state representative? Thank you for asking. 
Mr. Rogers. You're I welcome. appreciate that. I, uh, it, it, yeah, of course I will. I'll be glad to do that. The, uh, the current salary for either a House member or a Senate member in this state is uh, $24,300. Now, I might add that uh, during the the times that we're there in session, and that primarily, uh, it begin, well, it does. It, it begins in January and uh, pretty much concludes by the end of April. But we're there uh, uh, throughout the, the week. We're there about four days a week, go in on uh, in the afternoons on, on Mondays, and then uh, we'll conclude on Thursdays by noon normally. So anyway, we're down there four days a week, and uh, we have to do overnights. And, and folks, if, if, if any of you are, and I'm sure plenty of you all who are listening right now have, have spent or had to pay for an overnight in Nashville at one of the hotels, and it is not cheap. No. So it's uh, it, it's a shuffle of trying to get that. Our, our daily per diem, as it says, $313. And get, but again, that's that's the, the daily during the week that we're, or during the days that, that we're there. Mileage? Well, mileage, uh, we do not get paid any mileage whatsoever uh, traveling to or from our meetings from home to our meetings now. Even during session, now they do pay us mileage to and from our homes to Nashville, and then and then back. But uh, just to give you an idea, I know uh, I'm uh, I'm already right now through um, soon be through October when I last looked. Ben, where I'm already up to I think twenty two thousand miles this year. So wow. that, that came you know off the hip. Wow, that's a that's a lot of driving. So. You mentioned hotel rates in Nashville, which I I do a lot of uh, a lot of, have a lot of meetings down there. The state government rate currently in October is two hundred thirty dollars. That's before taxes. <laughs> so when you get a three hundred thirteen dollar per diem, you <laughs> you ain't got much to eat on after that, Kelly. <laughs> that 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 is anyway. No, it, it's it's just uh, yeah. As I say, it's a real challenge. It really. can be, but and of course, you're spending a lot of time in your district because. You know, you you've got meetings. Uh, you know, you're here. With, you're here with me this morning. Last night, you were in, in in Roan County for a meeting, and and so when you were in Fentress County Tuesday, I have no idea what you did Wednesday and and Monday, but I know that you and your uh, chief of staff. Mr. Todd uh, was with you Tuesday, and he said you're you're jam packed, and because uh, you're constantly working for your constituents, and you've got. We just heard from State Representative Kelly Keesling. Kelly is such a vital part in Upper Cumberland. It works so well with our elected officials. One official he's working with currently now is the newly elected Highway Superintendent in Fentress County, Mr. Ryan Reed. I had Ryan Reed and his administrative assistant Bobby Joe Kirby on, and the project they are working with Mr. Kelly Keesling is a state road, it's Glenobie Road in Fentress County, and it's a road that's saw some uh, tragedy and, and some rock slides and the road's falling off and there's been some accidents there. And Ryan has come in uh, as newly elected highway superintendent wanting to fix that road. He and Kelly uh, or, or Kelly Keesling are working together on getting some money there to get that road fixed and the state's playing a vital part. So you're going to hear all about how they were, they're working together next on Local Matters. Now I had... Um, Kelly Keesling, Representative Kelly Keesling, on a few weeks ago, and one of the things we talked about was a project that all of us in this room uh, are working on, uh, more so you two, because I'm not there every day, but with Representative Keesling and uh, TDEC, the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation, and other people of the legislature, um, and one of those projects is Glenobie Road. So tell us about Glenobie Road. So for years, uh, this Glenobie Road is a slot area. 
um, uh, my my engineer uses uh, reference a lot to like the Rockwood Mountain that they're working on right now, but uh, it's just a slide area. It's uh, the road was built on uh, on loose soil from a landslide years and years and years ago, and uh, so it it just don't stop. It just keeps keeps sliding. And uh, for years, uh, you know, every, every administration, they've, you know, there's they's not been anything done on Glen Obey Road except for Band-Aids put on. And uh, to me, and like I told uh, Representative Kiesland, you know, I said, we're out of room for Band-Aids. We, we, we don't have anywhere else to put a Band-Aid. You know, we're going to have to fix this thing. And uh, so I met with Kelly and uh, then Representative uh, Wendell and... Um, and met them on site and showed them what 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 I was facing. I call it my problem child. And uh, so they they was eager to to jump on this thing with me and and let's see how we can get it fixed. Um, we got the next meeting we set up. You was involved in along with Brett Howe with uh, TCHOA. And um, so everybody's eager to to let's let's get on this thing. So. Last week we had a meeting with uh, my engineer, call your engineering, and uh, he was there. He's a he's the geotechnical engineer, and um, <clears throat> we met with T Deck along with Representative uh, Keesling and uh, Mayor Jimmy Johnson, and um, so it, it's really sounding good. Uh, we're going to approach uh, Fentress County Commission uh, this next commission meeting, which is I think the twenty first. And uh, try to get some help for paying, help me to fund this. Um, so the exploratory stage is where I, I'm going to try to get some help from the commission to to help me help me fund this, and that way that's going to get the ball rolling. We can get a big number to our representatives, to our legislature, to then to then um, you know present it to Governor Lee. Yeah, and the exploratory stage is going to be. Won't be that expensive compared to actual the project itself. Right. It's just a small part that you got to get to to get to uh, or get to the part where you want to issue or start uh, talking to the state about getting money in and, and maybe helping you fund it because funding's the key. It's not a project probably Fentress County can pay for themselves right now because it's we're talking about million multi million dollar project. I'm yeah, assuming. we're we're at seven digits right now. Yeah, I mean it's just a huge project. So I, I know Kelly Keesling is adamant about uh, trying to get that done.